Stay with us, Lord, for it is evening. And the day is almost over. O still speaking God, throughout history and the wide world, you have gathered people around your word to instruct and inspire. We give thanks for all who have received your vision and shaped diverse and faithful communities to follow you in your way. Continue to open that vision to us that we may become transformed by the renewing of your call in our hearts. Enable us to grow in love and understanding for each other. Create in us, O God, clean, clean hearts and minds. Let us join with you in your suffering and your triumph. We desire to be your children, bring justice to all, and claim peace in your name. Amen. We gather to worship God, who creates us and loves us, who gifts us with diversity and makes us for community, who gives Jesus Christ to show us how to live, who inspires children, youth, young adults, and people of all ages, to seek justice, share power, and live together in love and equality. Who invites us to join the struggle for wholeness and well-being for all. And whose presence, grace, and love sustain us in our living. We gather to worship God. To God be all glory, honor, and praise. We are called as one body to confront and confess the ways that we have hurt God and the world. We are called to lay down our shields of protection, ignorance, excuse, and shame, to speak honestly and truthfully about all we have done and left undone. It is the first step of true repentance, the profound turning around, turning toward justice. In that spirit, let us join together in confessing our sins to God and one another. Holy God, we come to you as sinful beings. We have used your name so perversively and unjustly. We have used your name to enslave, punish, control, pillage, and murder. We have used your name to keep the powerful in power and to silence the oppressed. We have sinned and we have fallen short of your glory. God, we confess that we have created and spun ourselves into deeply unjust systems and we have barely tried to untangle our sins. We have not acted justly. We have not loved mercifully. We have not walked humbly. We have not listened to you. We have chosen instead the God of money, the God of power, the God of capitalism, the God of militarization. We have not followed you. Amen. Friends and siblings, our God is a God of refuge and liberation, forgiven, freed, and called to righteous living. Turn then, committed to God's justice, and live fully in Christ. 
the peace of Christ be with you and flow through you. So be it. Amen. Friends, hear these words now from Psalm 94. Lord, avenging God, avenging God, show yourself. Rise up, judge of the earth, pay back the arrogant exactly what they deserve. How long will the wicked win, O Lord? How long will the wicked win? They spew arrogant words, all the evildoers are bragging. They crush your people, Lord, they abuse your very own possession. They kill widows and immigrants, they murder orphans, saying all the while the Lord can't see it. Jacob's God doesn't know what's going on. You ignorant people better learn quickly. You fools, when will you get some sense? The one who made the ear, can't he hear? The one who formed the eye, can't they see? The one who disciplines nations, can't she punish? The one who teaches humans, doesn't he know? The Lord does indeed know human thoughts, knows that they are nothing but a puff of air. The people you discipline, Lord, are truly happy. The ones you teach from your instruction, giving them relief from troubling times until a pit is dug for the wicked. The Lord will not reject his people. He will not abandon his very own possession. No, but justice will once again meet up with righteousness, and all whose heart is right will follow after. Who will stand up for me against the wicked? Who will help me against evildoers if the Lord hasn't helped me? I would live instantly in total silence. Whenever I feel my foot slipping, your faithful love steadies me, Lord. When my anxieties multiply, your comforting calms me down. Can a wicked ruler be your ally? One who wreaks havoc by means of the law? The wicked gang up against the lives of the righteous. They condemn innocent blood. But the Lord is my fortress. My God is my rock of refuge. She will repay them for their wickedness, completely destroy them because of their evil. Yes, the Lord our God will completely destroy them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I know that during this sermon series so far, I have been mixing up the liturgical calendar completely. A couple weeks ago, we were in Pentecost, and now I am thinking about Advent. I've had my favorite Advent hymn stuck in my head periodically over the past few months. It's one that we sing here at the PSC all the time. My heart shall sing of the day you bring, let the fires of your justice burn. Wipe away all tears, for the dawn draws near, and the world is about to turn. The Canticle of the Turning is an Advent song, steeped in the theme of anticipation and the hope of the coming of Jesus. But it also speaks to a present reality. It is not about, it's not about the distant, far-off future. It is about what is happening right now, about a God who is actively turning the world around, actively cleansing the world in God's consuming holy fire, a holy fire of justice. It's been stuck in my head for a number of reasons, aside from it just being one of my favorite hymns, and sometimes that just happens. The past couple of months have brought to the world's attention again the vicious and violent pandemic that has been at the foundation of our country for 400 years. 
the murders of Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, Jacob Blake, George Floyd, Richard Brooks, these beloved children of God, revealing the ever-present racist prejudice that is at the heart of our society, has become a catalyst for the awakening and movement of the liberation for black people, one that has been moving for centuries, but with a new fervor, led by, fought by a new generation. All throughout the summer, I did see the fire of God's justice burning, but it was joined with a righteous demand from so many people for more, for more than just appeasement and empty advertisements, a justice that tears tyrants from thrones, that delivers the oppressed from their conquerors, that works in the activism, hearts, and minds of even the smallest person. The funny thing about injustice is that it doesn't care about the liturgical calendar season. It doesn't care about much, I guess, unless it involves losing power, money, influence, or control, which is why this song speaks to all times and places. It is speaking of a present action and a present need for God to bring justice. Because as soon as one structure is torn down, we fallen, sinful, power-grabbing humans are quick to refill the wickedness vacancy. What is seasonal, I know and fear, is that our, God's people's response to injustice, comes and goes in waves. It comes and goes with what the media tells us or shows us. It comes and goes as band-aids of appeasement are placed and tried to count as change. I don't mean to exclude the victories of countless movements over the years, but what is true now in our context, and what has been true for thousands of years, like in the psalmist context, is that the powers that, will, that be will relentlessly hold on to their power at the expense of anyone who might threaten the status quo. Because injustice is systemic, and our institutions, first and foremost, our empires and our governments, as the psalmist critiques, are riddled with it. The psalm we read for today, Psalm 94, is commonly titled the Psalm of Vengeance. It is both a prophetic call upon God to act on behalf of the oppressed and a pastoral call to God's people to remember that God is on the side of the oppressed. When we read about vengeance in this context, we shouldn't be thinking about a hateful form of personal retribution. Rather, we should think of it in terms of a legal custom with God as the great judge or ruler over all. Vengeance was an act to enforce or restore justice where the regular legal processes were not competent or had failed. Free of any accountability, the wicked have dismissed the justice of Israel's God, exulted in their own success and power, and preyed upon the weak, the very people God's justice should protect. Here the righteous and innocent are condemned instead of vindicated. The psalmist is pleading for God to intervene in the human situation at a time when wickedness and corruption were rampant. When, as the text says, the arrogant and the wicked were destroying God's people, were killing the orphans, immigrants, widows, the very least of these in Israel's society. God is expected to avenge the oppression of her people with the community of Israel. This is what we call God's holy and purifying justice, one that doesn't stand for abuse at the hands of God's own people. This is the very heart of who God is, a God who liberates and will keep liberating even as oppressors rise again, God will liberate. And this psalm is a communal cry to God. The trouble described is not individual. It affects a multitude of God's people, thereby affecting everyone. This is a reality that is true today. My denomination, the United Church of Christ, held a webinar this summer that featured Valerie Carr, a Sikh activist, and she spoke of a Sikh belief that no person is a stranger. They are simply a part of me that I do not yet know. We are deeply connected to one another. 
but we are enmeshed in a system that doesn't see that. She spoke about the ways that we are given scripts of power, uh, given scripts of power of race, gender, class, religion that teach us and uphold how we act in the world. It's the system itself, the backbone and the foundation of a present reality that keeps the powerful in power. There is an essay written by Audre Lorde called The Master's Tools Will Never Dismantle the Master's House. While she speaks specifically to the context of being a black lesbian in the academy, her metaphor can reach so far beyond just that. She writes, for the master's tools will never dismantle the master's house. They may allow us to temporarily beat him at his own game, but they will never enable us to bring about genuine change. This psalm is a call to God to dismantle the master's house, to bring destruction to the powers and principalities that exist solely to hurt the vulnerable and keep things as they are. The psalm is a reminder that we are also called to be brave and courageous co-conspirators with God and tear up the scripts that have been handed to us. Because, to paraphrase from Dr. King, wickedness cannot tear down wickedness. Only righteous justice can do that. These powers were present in the psalmist's own time, sure, but this speaks directly to us as well. Can a wicked ruler be your ally, one who wreaks havoc by means of the law? Can we speak and sing about freedom for all when we only mean freedom for some? Because the reality of wickedness of our own empire towards our black, brown, and indigenous siblings here and abroad, as has been established over 400 years ago, is not new. A few weeks ago, one of my pastors at my home church, Reverend Charmaine Penn Johnson, preached that racism is a feature of the system, not a function of it. Our system was built on wickedness, and and we must remember that the system is not a separate out over their entity on its own, but it is us. We are the system, and we are called to, to disrupt it. And we can and should call upon God to be overturning it with us. This is a realization for us white folks that our resistance to this injustice is not just for a season. It is not just a, mo a moment, but a movement. A movement for us as Christians that has a vision for what the world should be, what God intends for it to be. It is a movement that holds onto hope because God sees the injustice, hears it, knows it, is suffering in it. It is in God's character to work for the good of her people. This is a movement where the labor cannot and should not be carried alone, where black folks, for those who are hurting and suffering, are called to breathe, are called to rest in the God who is the rock and refuge, a God who, give rest, who gives rest. And for the rest of us, Maybe in this moment we need to refrain from being the righteous ones and read ourselves as the wicked rulers, needing to repent of our violence and eviscerate the systems that hurt other people. May we hear what the hurting most need. May we let others lead, and may we be brave enough to burn the script that has been given and let others rebuild. Friends, I don't say this just to be negative or guilty or self-loathing. That's not helpful, nor is it my intention. I say this because I believe not in a tolerant Jesus, but a radical one, a God who demands over and over again in prophecy, song, and story for the powerful to lay down their swords and turn their hearts to righteousness, to invite us in, into a love that resists powers and principalities that bring harm. If we as Christians are going to ask God to bring justice, then we must be willing to change too, because change is not going to allow the master's house to remain standing. If the world is going to turn, so must we all. May we be a church who is loudly proclaiming and moving toward this change. 
My heart shall sing of the day you bring. Let the fires of your justice burn. Wipe away all tears, for the dawn draws near, and the world is about to turn. My soul cries out with a joyful shout that the God of my heart is great. And my spirit sings of the wondrous things that you bring to the ones who wait. You fix your sight on your servant's blight and my weakness you did not burn. So from east to west shall my name be blessed could the world be about to turn. My heart shall sing of the day you bring, let the fires of your justice burn. Wipe away all tears, for the dark draws near, but the world be about to turn. Though I am small, my God, my all, you work great things in me. Mercy will last from the depths of the past to the end of the age to be. Your very name puts the proud to shame and to those who would for you yearn. You will show your might, put the strong to flight, for the world is about to turn. My heart shall sing of the day you bring, let the fires of your justice burn. Wipe away all tears for the dawn draws near and the world is about to turn. From the halls of the power to the fortress town, not a stone will be left on stone. Let the king beware for your justice stares every tyrant from his throne. The hungry shall weep no more for the food they can never earn. There are tables spread, every mouth be fed, for the world is about to turn. My heart shall sing of the day you bring, let the fires of your justice burn. Wipe away all tears, for the dawn draws near, and the world is about to turn. The nations rage from age to age. We remember who holds us fast. God's mercy must deliver us from the conqueror's crushing grasp. The saving word that our forebears heard is the promise that holds us bound. Till the spear and rod can be crushed by God who is turning the world around. My heart shall sing of the day you bring, let the fires of your justice burn. Wipe away all tears for the dawn draws near, and the world is about to turn.